The Compare To Podcast is part of the Spark Media Network, now available on the Edify Podcast app. Grab the Edify app in your Google Play Store or on the Apple Podcast app. You will be so glad you did. Hey, friend, Heather Creekmore here. I'm glad you're listening to the Compare To Who show today because today we're going to go to an important place. I feel like I say that a lot, <laughs> but... I really, really mean it today because today my guest is Amy Carlson. I want to start calling her Tough Topics, Amy, because I bring her onto the show when I want to go deep with something that I feel like we don't go deep with enough. So Amy and I went deep into the topic of fasting in January. You can go back and listen to that episode. We talked about what to do if you really want to lose weight last fall. All awesome episodes. Amy knows her stuff. She has been a practicing non-diet dietitian for decades. She has a master's in science and nutrition. She is so well-versed in the struggles of disordered eating and eating disorders and just kind of common issues with food, but she also knows scripture and loves Jesus. And she has insights that I have appreciated so much, and I think you're going to appreciate them too. So today we're talking self-control. I grew up in the church I love, love, love the church, but I feel like this is a message that I've gotten from the church all my life, that my food issues would be solved if I just had more self-control, that what I really need to pray for around food is self-control, and self-control has become sort of part of my disordered eating or eating disorder, right? Because I need self-control to not eat, Friends, that's not biblical at all. God gave us food. He designed us to eat. That's not what self-control is about. <laughs> self-control is a biblical principle, but it's about something far different than my relationship with brownies. It's going to be a two-parter, so you'll listen to the first part today and catch the next part on Tuesday. Friends, you are going to get a lot out of this episode. I know you will. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell a friend about it. I want you to use that little share button if you're on Apple Podcasts and just send this to a friend and say, hey, listen to this. Let's talk about it. Send it to your pastor's wife. Say, hey, what do you think about this? Send it to your women's ministry leader. I, send it to someone and have a conversation because these conversations are not happening enough in Christian women's circles. We talk about what foods we're not eating and what diets we're on. And we talk about things the same way the world does. Friends, we got to wake up and see things differently. So share with a friend and hey, drop me an email. Let me know what you think about it. Heather at compare to who dot me. I would love to hear from you. And if you love, love, love the show, you know what you can do for me. Just drop me a five star review. Oh, that helps other people find the show. So I would appreciate that too. Okay. I've talked enough. I cannot wait for you to hear this interview with Amy Carlson, RD. Let's go. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. 
I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Amy Carlson, thanks so much for being on the Compared to Who show again. I'm so glad to be on the Compared to Who show again. <laughs> so I, fun. It's just like, oh, where are we going to go today? I think yeah. probably listeners feel that way too, because Amy always brings it. And today <laughs> we're going to go to a hard place, but yeah. it is a place that I feel so passionately about. And I could not think of anyone else that I wanted to have this conversation with aside from you, mm-hmm. because where we're going to go is a place that I here with my coaching clients. I hear just generally in the Christian culture that I grew up in. I hear this so much, Amy. It's just so cut and dry that our food issues are about self-control. If I could just have more self-control, then I wouldn't have food issues. And I just need to read my Bible and get more self-control. And then I won't overeat Oreos. And it takes no, like there's no taking into account any kind of disordered eating, any kind of eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, it just feels really twisted. And so I'm hopeful that today you can help us flesh this out. Is this really about self-control? Is that what our food issues are really about? Amy, what are your first thoughts? My first thought, I am excited and who knows where today will take us. Um, but you know, what is my first thought is this is when I wish we had like a live audience. Wouldn't that be fun just to, just to see people's eyes light up and go, yes. Oh yes. Yes. And really to have that, that feedback, which I love that you get, you get from, um, your listeners, because this is actually a long standing, um, topic issue. You and I talked in an earlier episode, about the language of kind of my mom, your mom's generation, Mm -hmm. sort of how we were parented and certainly how my mom understood food and food culture and her relationship with food as it related to her relationship with the Lord. And the absolute bottom line was this was a self-control issue. I dialogued in an earlier episode about um, this idea of when I when I went home and and helped clean out our farm and really got into my mom's stuff and bless her heart, I love her so much and I just I she doesn't know how to listen to podcasts and so that's okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I love her and she knows that she knows that. Um, but when I got hold of some of her stuff, I was just in awe. I brought some of it today to to read a few quotes from. But the underlying theme through all of it is the language of Mm self-control and your job, quote unquote, as a Christian or as a believer is to sort of work on Mm self-control. It's really your job to get more self-control. You can do that by reading scripture. You can do that by denying yourself. That's kind of the the language. Um, And really the language that's persistent is that if you trusted God more, you would have more self-control. Yeah. And so really denying the flesh, which there's a whole, we could do a whole other podcast on the, the benefits of some of that um, in, in terms of different things, but this language of just den- denial and sort of beating the body in order to get some self-control. And really, if you're not manifesting self-control, you must not be trusting God. Mm-hmm. And this has been passed down. So it doesn't look the same. You and I talked about that. It's different right. illustrations, some different language, but it's really still out there. And it's really the premise for most of any sort of um, Christian format as it relates to our body and nutrition yeah. and how people would say kind of getting control of their bodies and so yeah. forth. So this is like 
the take home message for Christians, Hey, you need more self-control. That's it. Right. And so you just said something, and I think we need to start there. What does it mean to deny the flesh? Right. (laughs) And because I think that's where it starts, right? Like I'm denying my flesh. I will say no to the Oreos. I'm denying my flesh. Oh, wait, I've said no to the Oreos for 10 days. And now I need to eat all the Oreos. I denied my flesh and now I have no self-control. Like that's how we pragmatically you know, play it out. So that's not what it means. It's is it? not what it means. <laughs> it's not what it means. It's like we 2022 it, you know, mm-hmm. we like, or 1985 did or, <laughs> or 2015 right. did. I mean, we just, we took our own current language and apply it to scripture rather than understanding context and language and, um, and, and really the intent of the word, we just use it really as a dieting tool. We've just, we've just taken the word, deny the flesh as a dieting tool. And it's everywhere. It's, mm-hmm. it's everywhere. And it's, again, I, I get really kind of kooky excited when I, when I think, oh Lord, please free us mm-hmm. from what we have done to your word. Yeah. Free us to have a fresh understanding of what that means. Mm-hmm. And help us to look in context. Every time that language is used, help us to look in context. What does that even mean? Who, who were the people that, that Paul was writing to, or, you know, the writers were writing to what was happening right then. And let yeah. us not uh, apply ourselves in the, in the sense of taking that scripture and using it for whatever kind of goal we've set for ourselves, right. which is really what we do. Right. Right. And I'm just, I'm thinking, like quickly, um, I'm going to actually do a little Google search here to help me pull the verse up quickly, but yeah. you know, like denying the flesh isn't about denying the body that yeah. God created mm-hmm. for, to use for his purposes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it, it feels as if, I mean, it, it, this may sound so basic to someone listening today. And yet I have a feeling that same person is probably saying, Oh, I never really thought about it that way. Right. Because, because we hear that word flesh. Okay. And we think yeah. about, well, we think about extra flesh probably. Yeah, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, right. We think about our physical body yeah. and, and you're right. And we diet culture has taught us that holiness means denying our physical body. Right. right? And then, but then where it gets messy, Amy is there's some places where it's like, okay, well, you know, I know that sex is only appropriate in certain situations. (laughs) Right. Right. And so there's a denying your flesh there where you're denying your body of something, but yet when we make it food, something that we have to have to live something that Jesus clearly, like he designed us that way. He made us to eat. And in fact, to take it one step further, like someday he's going to throw a big feast for us. Yeah. Yeah. Banquet table. Right. Like how, how crazy is it to think that like God actually doesn't have a negative opinion of food, (laughs) right? Jesus isn't like, make sure you try not to eat food. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know I designed you to eat, to need it, but make sure you try not to eat it. Deny your flesh. You don't eat food. Like, like this just gets all warped together. Mm -hmm. So the difference between the flesh the physical body and the flesh, the way scripture talks about it. What do you feel like scripture is saying when it talks about our flesh in terms of denying our flesh? Yeah. Well, you know, scripture is talks about, um, but I wish I had had this verse looked up before we started. We might have to circle back on this one about 
um, when Paul's talking about the world, the flesh, right? And what's the third one? And he talks about the way sort of um, <clears throat> sin struggles that we have against sin and our own flesh, sort of our own sin nature is at work there. Mm-hmm. And we learn a lot in scripture about our sin nature. And so our sin nature is sort of that flesh that we're talking about in terms of maybe our our, our innate sin patterns. And when we're believers, we're in the process of sanctification. And in the process of sanctification, we're growing and looking more and more like Christ and we'll look less and less like that sin nature and more and more like Christ. There's so much of scripture about transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. I'm crucified with Christ. It is no longer I, my flesh that lives, but Christ lives in me. Those aren't about, um, hey, you need to eat less bread. I mean, that's not what that's about. This is about our sin nature. This is about the things that in our flesh come naturally to us without the Holy Spirit in us. So this doesn't, this is has to do with our sanctification and less about our waistline. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm Google's not cooperating with me while we talk, which is probably <laughs> there's something going on there. Um, yeah. but I think Galatians two 20 is that I have been crucified with Christ yeah. and no longer live, mm-hmm. but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body. I live yeah. by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's not the one that I thought I was. Finding. Yeah, but it, <laughs> but it is that it is that it's, it's, it's this process of quote unquote, denying the flesh, which again is, is kind of tricky language, but that's about our sanctification, right? That's about looking more like Jesus, less about looking more like a model, right? Praise the Lord. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So sanctification and food restriction. Why are they so synonymous in Christian culture, Amy? Well, I think that what one of the things that's happened is that the diet culture eclipses and sort of merges really well with this idea. You and I have a whole podcast on fasting, mm-hmm. um, on this pro this kind of this, the goals of sort of our human nature and the diet culture and kind of those motivations, which is to be sort of the best thinnest. I think um, I had showed you like a, a, a book last time that was like, you know, um, oh, I can't even remember, but, it, but it's really, it's like godliness is next to thinness. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's been a long time, but this right. idea of sort of our goals. And so it, it sort of eclipses, it sort of like merges together. And then, you know, our, our own physical desire, which is to be the thinnest version of ourself, which is diet culture and sort of all that language that we've heard a whole life is can can work well in this context of denying your flesh and sanctification being the most you know godly person right. of ourself because if i have quote unquote control of myself that's biblical right. which really we've completely missed the mark we've right. completely missed the mark we, I, I i'm sure i've said it before on this podcast but the lord is so in love with us he's so enamored with his creation he just loves us and he cares little about our um, dress size or our pant size, not because he doesn't care about the details in our life, but because his sanctification happens in our heart too. And it is expressed. It's an internal work. I had to, I had told you earlier that that scripture in Galatians five, when it talks about the fruit of the spirit, when you hear the language self-control in scripture, it's often couched in, I'm actually going to read a few 
It says, um, for people will be lovers of self, Mm -hmm. lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, Mm -hmm. traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, but denying its power. Mm -hmm. Avoid these Mm -hmm. people. I love how he says that. So self-control is in the context of this bigger picture, and it's usually in some language that has to do with love. Mm. Really interesting where I found it over and over had to do with Mm. love. And this is, you can get a really strong picture of somebody who lacks self-control in the language that he's talking about here in 2 Timothy. Yeah disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, without self-control. And there isn't any language of he eats too many Doritos. <laughs> you know, this is a, this is a posture. This is a me self posture without self-control. In other words, I don't really have any regard for, for, for kind of controlling and offering myself back up to the Lord here. This is, I I'm doing whatever I want, whenever I want, whatever that looks like. Another in, in second Peter, it says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness, with knowledge, knowledge, with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance, with godliness, godliness, with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. There's that language again, mm-hmm. self-controls in there with love and how mm-hmm. we and how we use our time and how we use our resources. Those are always that we show and our, uh, that love for the Lord is manifested. And again, it, that language of self-control is never, it's not coupled with fasting. That's mm. a completely different topic. It's not coupled with um, really this idea of, of taming the flesh. This is coupled with how we love people. Uh, yeah. What <laughs> yeah. are we using that language as believers? I don't think so. Okay. So someone's listening today and they're going to push back and say, yes, but Amy, you just said, it's how I use my resources and my body is a resource. So aren't I the best? I'll go to the word steward because that's the Christian language uh-huh. too. Aren't I the best steward of my body? If I'm practicing self-control around and see my air quotes, listening audience, bad foods. Yeah. So I will get that. Um, I'm going to tell you what I hear most in session. Hey, Hey there friend. Have you read the burden of better yet? If not, what are you waiting for? The burden of better is my book all about how to live a comparison free life. Okay. That kind of sounds like a cheesy diet plan and that's not really what it is at all. It's a book about grace and how I believe that all of our comparison problems are really just a shallow understanding of grace. If you are looking for a great read for the summer, or if you're looking for a book to go through with a small group of friends, consider The Burden of Better. There are questions at the end of every single chapter. I hope you'll check out The Burden of Better. You can grab it wherever books are sold. I think you'll enjoy it. What I hear most in session or what I experience most with women in session that are believers is shame. Mm And the idea of I lack self-control or I'm in a larger body and shame is so coupled, coupled so closely with that. And where the Holy Spirit is, man, where the Holy Spirit has invaded, there is no shame. That shame has been dismantled. 
Yeah. And we, that, what you're just describing and be a good steward of my body by eating, you know, being, having control of my food. If you go back to what I had said earlier about the, um, the fruit of the spirit is, is it's, it's showing the nature of the tree, which is we're a new creation. As I spend time with the Lord and I'm, I'm learning to look more like him. I'm understanding I'm getting the mind of Christ is what it talks about in scripture. I'm starting to think the way God thinks about things. And I'm starting to look at others with eyes of love and, and forgiveness is being challenged. And I'm having to do that. And he's dismantling that shame food. It comes back to its rightful place, which is just food. And so if I'm having a struggle, if I'm, because what you're talking about is if we're talking about binging, if we're talking about restrict binge, if we're talking about, I have no self-control, then we might be talking about an eating disorder. And that's Mm -hmm. another topic. That's what I work with. Absolutely. That's, um, this isn't a language of, I need more self-control. I need to um, be in the word more because then I would control my food. We're talking about disordered eating which is a very big deal and is not about you lacking self-control. That's not what that is. But if we're talking about, um, oh golly, I can't believe I had that pie on Mother's Day. That was so bad. And why did I do that? And what is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that is little to do with self-control and more about vanity, more about self, right. more about us kind of. Um, and again, this topic is so complex whenever you ask me on, you know, you and I look at each other like, uh, <laughs> this could go 52 different directions. And right. I have no idea how we're in what we need to get in because it's very complex. Mm-hmm. Somebody will have 52 questions just off of what we've said so far. And that's okay. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. And why it's okay is because, and you want to get me going, you know, I'm going to start having flames come out of my head. Pentecost <laughs> is coming folks. The Holy Spirit <laughs> Pentecost is coming is because we are not talking about this rightly in the church. When I'm talking about this with women or men, if I'm talking about this just in a general audience, there's lots of confusion. But if I'm talking about this with Christian women, I have a whole nother set of issues I have to work through because they would say, but you can't say, Amy, that, that, that it's not godly to quote, like you said, deny the flesh or, Um, And I'll say, why are we even talking about that? Because are we talking about how the Lord has changed me from the inside and my desires are changing Mm. the things that I desire, the way I want to spend my time, the way I want to spend my money are naturally changing. Or are we Mm. talking about external? Mm. I think of self-control in scripture as if you can think about no self-control is like a fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. water just, you know, coming out in all directions with no direction at all. And when the Holy spirit comes, it's like, it channels it like a, like, Oh, it's like a little funnel where we go, Oh, now this is where this needs to go. Yeah. And the Holy spirit does that internally versus right. us doing that externally. Right. Who is a good topic? Right. Well, and in, in the first verse you read, there's the words and I wish I had it pulled up in front of me, but it's the form of godliness language. Yeah. Right. And I feel like, and this is what you're saying, but that like diet culture has so co-opted Christian culture. Yes. If you will, that thinness is next to godliness, you know, carb avoidance is, (laughs) yeah. His purity, (laughs) right. Um, I mean, I could probably go on, you know, like sugar, (laughs) if you, you know, sugar is, you know, the path to all things evil. And, you know, and I mean, we just twist it all up together. 
but yet you're right. It's, it's hard because of the shame we feel. I think the shame that's been imposed on us that good good care of your temple. You have to be a good steward. And, and if you do not look like, I'm not going to say someone on a magazine cover, but if you do not look like whatever the like stereotypical pastor's wife who, you know, stands on stage and wears a small size and has big hair. Like if you don't look like her in the South (laughs) or yeah, well, yeah, that's true. I might not apply to those. My friends in the, in the North and Canada, Canadians are like, what is she talking about? Big hair. No one wants that. Um, But here in Texas, um, here in Texas, but, but there's, there's an image I think that's put before us that, that being a Christian women, woman, looks like this. Oh yes. And it is a body type. Oh yes. Right. I mean, even thinking the number of my, I, I I'm going to get myself into so much trouble if I say this out loud. Oh, okay. I'm going to say it out loud. Anyway, the number of Christian women speakers that have had like facelifts. Yeah. Right. Well, because well, they don't want to age. Right. Yeah, we're, we're walking in a, in a culture that is saying, you know, anti-aging and all of that too which, (laughs) and what you just described, I mean, there's, there's a, oh man, oh Lord, please. I just, I want to be in a room full of a thousand women on our knees, repenting of everything we've worshiped other than the Lord. And I, I would be the first one on my knees. Mm -hmm. I will be the first one to go, Lord, we've traded, it says in scripture, we've traded the truth of God for a lie and worship the created thing rather than the creator. And that's what we're doing. If, if, If we're struggling with eating too many, you know, cookies, or we don't feel that we have control around food, there may be some disordered eating. If we feel that that's what I go to, that might be a coping mechanism and a discipleship. It wouldn't be about controlling our food more, it would be about learning more about God's character and where are the places in my past where I I didn't learn to trust him. And can I, can I offer those back to him? And where do I need to lean in? Those things are vital. Those aren't about the cookie. Those are about our heart, Mm -hmm. which again, we've talked about this in here before, but in the garden, it's the enemy who says to Eve, God's holding out on you and you've got to take it for yourself. And Eve begins to question God's character. And we've been doing it ever since. Mm-hmm. Is he trustworthy? Will he really give me what I need? No, I need to take what I need in order to get what I need. And I need self-control to do it. And scripture says I need self-control. So now it's reinforced rather than going, wait, God is who he says he is. He, yeah. Well, he is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do. And Lord, you, you literally blow our mind with your goodness and your kindness and your compassion and your love and your care. Not only that, you blow our mind with your purpose individually for each of us. And yet we're stuck on a hamster wheel that is culture, beauty, Christianity, dieting intertwined. And we just keep circling and circling. And if you and I could go like we were you know, and unlock the key for these, just like keep unlocking that, just keep unlocking it and go, come on, get out. We don't have to stay there. We don't have to stay stuck in shame and stuck. in. I, I know that, um, I told you I was going to read you some quotes because I think this is really makes it really obvious. Mm -hmm. I think this makes it really obvious. These are some old books that, um, I'm, 
so again, if you are, if you accidentally jump onto this podcast and then you hear me quote, like you hear the, <laughs> the quote, I need to send up some alarm bells. These are not okay things. These are not okay. This is things. not endorsement. This is education. This is not. Endor- <laughs> this is not me using. This is me saying, "Wow, look how insidious this is." So this book was called "Oh Help, Lord, the Devil Wants Me Fat." Mm. Whoa! Just the title alone gives yeah. me the geek, geek, geek. Yeah. So in this chapter, it says. Um, phase one hunger, five phases of fasting. So fasting has to do with weight loss Mm -hmm. here. And it says, I'm not going to tell you it's pleasant or fun without food, but I think you'll be thrilled with the help that the Lord gives you. I think you'll be delighted to find out that it wasn't half as bad as you thought it was going to be. Lots of people testified that that it was easier. Some find a glass of water takes care of all their hunger pains. And here's the hardest part withdrawal symptoms. That's right. When you fast, you suffer these symptoms. Why? Because Satan has turned us into a foodaholic. We are addicted to food. Okay. Pause it there, Amy. Is that true? From what you, you, as a clinician who works with women who are restricting food, right? Because they kind of have to get to a certain point before they realize that they need you, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I think most women don't know that they need you. I don't think I knew I needed someone like you mm-hmm. until just the last couple of years I was like, I know everything there is to know about diets. Why would I need a dietitian? Like, stop. <laughs> oh, I know calories and macros and nutrients and all those things. Right. Yeah. So someone has to get to a pretty desperate point before they come see you. So is it true that we are addicted to food? Yes, because we couldn't survive without food. It is the way our bodies are absolutely addicted to food. It's called our brain needs glucose to survive. It's called hunger. It's called, it's called, that's the way our bodies are made. I mean, if you say I need it, well, then I guess if addiction is need, yeah, Yeah. well, sure. Right. Because we need food. That's, that's, that's so silly. I think when people use that language, because of course we are, we, we have to have food to live. <laughs> yes. I love how you twisted that on me. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. So we all need food. So then is, I don't even, the whole, the devil wants you fat thing. Yeah. I mean, there's, that's so nuanced. There's so many. There's so much Whoa. there. Like, there's so much. I'm going to read you another one because this will help okay. me too. This is, this is, this is a summary of this chapter of the book. I don't even want to say the title. But oh, I, I think my mom had that book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen that book before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen to the summary of this chapter. Keep your journal. Try not to miss a single day. I'm sorry. I'm reading this with such great sarcasm, but <laughs> this discipline is good for you. Think of it as honor to do this unto the Lord. Keep a daily record of your calorie intake at each meal. meal. Total your calories. So to be sure you're staying within the limit, the Lord gives you Mm. what? So is there a formula for that in the book? I mean, I don't remember seeing that in the Bible, right? Right. (laughs) And then it says, but thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. You're free now, free to learn discipline and free that you're gaining control over your food. Food will no longer control you. You see how messy that is? So the, so the sin implied is overeating? Yeah. I, I think I need to read the whole book because, <laughs> because as I'm sitting there, I'm like, my brain is on fire here. Mm-hmm. There, the language of God's given you your calorie limit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, 
I'd love to take that one theologically somewhere. Um, (laughs) You're gaining control over your food, which I think is, I think, I think the premise on all of these books is that food wants to master you. Food is from the devil, which we already countered in just a few minutes ago. Food is from the devil. And in order to conquer the devil, you have to master your food. I could ask a 20 year old girl this and she'd be like, what? (laughs) <laughs> that seems weird. You know, yeah. they've not been taught that theologically, right. but if I asked her, but do you think it's more godly to be thin? She would probably say yes, because even though this language hasn't been passed on to her, the overarching language from the generations before her is, yeah, it is. It right. is. So I have beautiful, stunning, lovely women who are in larger bodies that have no problems with food anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're in larger bodies and they have a healthy relationship with food. They're eating when they're hungry and stopping when they're full and you know, enjoying a wide variety of foods, but they're in right. larger bodies. This implies that there's still something wrong with them. Right. And that's where the shame comes in. And that's my biggest struggle is the shame piece. Yeah. Well, because also there's a control piece, right? Yes. Because the, the dichotomy set up in that book is you're either a slave to it or it's a slave to you. Like you're the master. So get control and you can be the master. Right. And it's, I, you know, oh, Amy. Okay. We're going to, we're going to leave everyone hanging because I want to, I want to talk more about that control piece. Cause I think there's a couple, because there's self-control, but it doesn't often stop with self-control. Those of us who have quote unquote control issues around food often have control issues around the rest of life. So there's your teaser to come back and listen to the next episode, but Amy, come back and let's dig into this more self-control control. control. Is it really about food? Is this really our problem? So come back and listen to the next episode with Amy Carlson. You can find out how to connect with her peace with food app in the show notes for this episode and the next one too. Thanks for listening today. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to comparetowho.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at comparetowho.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. 
Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. God kept calling my heart. Like, I just knew he was my safe place. I hope people don't walk away going, wow, you're really awesome. More than like, wow, Jesus is really interesting. And he's really awesome. Everybody on this planet is dealing with some sort of what if. How does that one courageous decision affect the whole world? A ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are built for. If you were encouraged by what you just heard, please search Trevor Talks on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com.